0: <laughs> Voices are interesting. I stopped by to say hello to a friend of mine whom I had known for a good many years. Uh, she was working in a in a health store in the mall here in Stroudsburg, so I said hi. I want to say hello and thank you for your kindness to me and to my faculty years ago. And uh, she looked up, and said, "Well, we enjoyed it." She said, "You know, we heard you in Ohio, and you got such a young voice." <laughs> I told her, I said, you know, one of my profs introduced me to his seven-year-old son years ago. And as I walked away, the little boy was heard to exclaim, Dad, he looks so old, but he sounds so young. (laughs) Well, ah, dear, age is just a state of mind. It's It's not a chronological time. It's a state of mind. Some people never grow old. I'd like to be among them, wouldn't you? Yes, that's right. Why, uh, I wanted to share with you, apropos of nothing, except that we've been talking about trusting God a while back uh, in our study of uh, the 37th Psalm. you remember that? And so here comes this letter. It was written early in March. And uh, it says... uh, A couple of months ago, you told us how you kept a little card in your wallet that says when you're down to nothing at all, then for the first time you may know that God is enough. In January, I had a chance to find out that that is true. I was on a flight to Moscow for a medical convention. I was to stay nine days in Russia in January. What happened was that the airline lost my luggage. And here I was facing nine days with nothing. So, as I was high over the ocean wondering what I was going to do, going to a country where you can't even buy clothes, I remembered what you said. When you're down to nothing, God is enough. Well, it turned out that my assigned roommate was just my size in clothes, and she was a Christian and very generous in sharing. No one in my tour group could believe that I was not in the least upset. Thank you for your teaching and so on. (laughs) Isn't that great? Well, I know that devastated feeling when your luggage is lost. And it does happen to all of us if you travel at all. You know, airlines people do a great job, but they're human and sometimes things get lost. And uh, I remember on one occasion I was headed for a, a series of meetings in Grand Rapids. And when I came to pick up my bags at the airport at Grand Rapids, no baggage Well, it was lost. They didn't know where it was. I said, well, I hope you find it. I'm going to be staying at such and such a place. And when you find it, bring it out, please. And I went on and checked in to the the place where they had me staying. There I was, a briefcase. Uh, Fortunately, I had in that briefcase some uh, toothpaste and a toothbrush and an electric razor so I could keep the whiskers off my chin. But that was it. Well, the first day went by. I went out to Sears and bought a couple of shirts, and uh, preached Monday night, and uh, no baggage. And I thought, "Oh boy, what am I going to do?" And finally, Tuesday afternoon, late, they 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 brought the the suitcase with my clothes in it, and I hurriedly hung the the suit in the shower to, to so the steam would get the wrinkles out, and came to the church then with with a, a different set of clothes. Boy, that's a that's a bad feeling to be left alone with your baggage gone. <clears throat> Incidentally, just for a chuckle. That night, Tuesday night, here I came now with with a different suit on. And a dear lady came up to me after the uh, after the service and shook my hand warmly and said earnestly as she looked into my eyes, "Oh, brother Cook, I'm so glad you have more than one suit." Well, I can remember the days when I didn't have but one suit. Can any of you remember that far back? By the way, I got to get a few of these things off my mind while I think about them. I got a letter the other day from someone who said, listen to some of your tapes from the years before you retired and then listen to your tapes now. There's a lot more of I, me, and mine in your In your talk nowadays is that right really well if it is I don't know maybe I've ought to change it but I tell you what I do I pray every day that what Bob Cook says to you may be guided by the Holy Spirit and I just have to trust him and stick to the Word of God and that's what I'm going to do is that right with you well we're in first Thessalonians and Paul has been saying I remember in my prayers without ceasing don't quit praying for people God isn't finished with them or with you Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the essence, the basis of of real hope is a person, not circumstances, not your desires, not your visions or dreams or uh, what you would like to accomplish. The real basis of hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. When he's Lord of your life and he is running things, you can have hope. Have you, have you proved that for yourself? This is one of the great truths of the Christian life, and I want you to have it as your own. The real basis of hope is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, and he says, in the sight of God and our Father. Now, in the sight of God is a reference to God's sovereignty. He's sovereign. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Uh, we read in the Old Testament, I know that thou canst do everything, and nothing can be withholden from thee. Nobody can hinder God's work. So he's sovereign. So he says, it's hope in the Lord Jesus as you face in the direction of a sovereign God. Now, why? If that were the end of it, you would be devastated. Who can stand before God? You, you and I are sinners. We're imperfect. We've missed the mark. We've transgressed, and we're full of iniquity. This is our condition naturally and Except for the Lord Jesus Christ, we couldn't even face toward heaven. So he says, hope in our Lord Jesus, in the sight of God, this all-powerful, awesome, uh, this this omniscient God who knows not only what we say, but what we could say, knows all of our actions. But he says, and, this is the end of verse 3, and our Father. He's not only the sovereign God, he's also your Father. He loves you with an everlasting love because of Jesus. See, the patience of hope in in Christ, when the Lord Jesus is running your life by his indwelling Holy Spirit, you can enter into the awesome presence of a a thrice holy God. You can do it with confidence because Jesus is there to, to be your advocate, to be your intercessor. And because God then has become, through faith, your father. And you can pray as the Lord taught you, our father, which art in heaven. Oh, that's a beautiful truth. Let us, the writer to the Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment anymore. Jesus said, he that believeth on me shall not come into judgment, but is passed already from death unto life. And so we come into that awesome presence with confidence. Why? Because we, like our blessed Lord, could say, Abba, Father, Papa, God. Oh, I love that. Don't you? Now, he says, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. I'm not going to get into a long discussion about election and predestination and, uh, and free will and all of that. I, I like the oversimplified explanation that D.L. Moody is said to have given. He said, when I came to the door of salvation on the outside, it said, whosoever will. And uh, when I got on the inside, by faith, I looked at the same door, and it said on the inside, chosen in him from before the foundation of the world. Your election of God simply is that God reserves the right to make his plans based on the fact that he's omniscient, he knows it all. Yes, he gives us free will. Yes, you can choose. But yes, he knows. Oh, yes, he does. And so today, yield your heart to him so that it may be guided by his Holy Spirit and that you may fit in then to his eternal plans. Your election of God. God chose you. And you want to yield to him. Now he says, because, verse 5, our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So the the sequence there is the word, what he said, the power, what it proved, the Holy Ghost, the person who did it, much assurance, the result of that that working, and then finally modeled by by Paul and his people. Ye you know what manner of men we were among you, and it was for people. They were people-minded, not for themselves, but for others, for your sake. That's the outline there. You want to talk about that for a while? Paul said, "Our gospel. If you had to oversimplify the gospel and 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 encapsulate it in a few words, what would you say?" I think one of the best. Descriptions of the gospel is in first Corinthians fifteen verses one to eight Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you and you received uh, now he said, I delivered unto you first of all what 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 is the gospel? Number one, Christ died for our sins according to the scripture number two he was buried number three he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, number four He was seen by all these different people. Peter, then the 12, then 500 brethren at once, and then by James, then of all the apostles, and then uh, finally, last of all, it says, he was seen by me also as a one born out of due time. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That's the gospel. Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again, people saw him, and I know him. See, that's the essence. You can't preach the gospel effectively, beloved, unless you can say, me too, I know him. You see, that's that's the clincher there in that passage, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8, last of all, he was seen of me also as a one born out of due time. I'm the least of the apostles, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Jesus met me, too. Even the skeptics say, quite frankly, there is no way to prove that a Christian experience is untrue. Because what you experienced with God is yours and his, and you know it, and God knows it, and people can't deny it. The gospel, when it is preached effectively, is laced To the personal awareness of jesus christ as savior and lord do you have that in your own life you may have talked about the gospel talked religion but oh make sure that you are able to say as did the apostle paul last of all he met me too by god's grace i am what i am it's a great concept oh dear father today may we be led by thy holy spirit and enjoy that beautiful father relationship in Jesus. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.